This is Andy Prowal for Boxing Social in association with Betfred. And I'd like to say a massive thank you to Frank Smith and coming back up to give me an interview. So, Frank, appreciate that. Don't worry, mate. It's not that far. I literally came up about 10 steps from our office, so don't worry. Either way, I still missed you earlier, but I do appreciate you coming back up. But Frank, how are things going for yourself? How are you finding life? Yeah, very good, mate. Very good. Looking forward to this Saturday. It's, uh, it's been an exciting year, coming towards the end now. And I think we've got a real good run of shows towards the end of the year. Really exciting time. Um, and, you know, I think it's been... Learned a lot this year and looking forward to you know starting the plans as well for 2020. It's a little scary when you mention starting plans for 2020. It goes quick, doesn't it? Yeah. It goes too quick. It doesn't feel like a day ago. It was the start of 2019. So no, it's exciting. Though. Something I wasn't actually intending on picking up on, but all those years ago when you started out on Matchroom, you was only on work experience, as Eddie's points out, past interviews with various outlets. How have you found your own personal rise through the ranks into the position of a CEO now? I'm not there yet, mate. I'm not there yet. <laughs> no, no, it's it's, uh, it's good. It's been. I think I've I've worked across it. A lot of the things we do, you know, across everything from the fighters' side to the media side. Some not so good. I'll be completely honest with you. But I've got a good understanding of what we do, you know, on every level. So it, it's been good. It's been good to. F- to, to be involved in the growth as well and you know the building of new new opportunities the US Italy for example going out there setting up new businesses and you know from day one seeing is seeing if it's a success so it, it feels great for me um, coming up to just coming up to 13 years it will be yeah. in 2020 so yeah no really exciting and it's a great time to be involved as well and uh, you know I'm really enjoying the ride when you did start out what was the initial ambition or goal for yourself with Matchroom where did you actually want to kind of lay your foundations for a certain area to work in I'd be lying if I told you what I wanted to do I I didn't have a clue all all I knew is I wanted to work and whether that was in sport or Matchroom like I didn't wasn't a huge boxing fan I wasn't actually like football back then that can't stand it now but um I wanted to go to work like I wanted to be a stockbroker so I would have gone and tried to work in the city or something. So all I knew was hard work because that's what I'd seen from my family. Um, and I think that's just taken me on this ride of, you know, learning about new things. I've been lucky enough to work through most of the sports we do. Um, but, yeah, I'd, I'd be lying if I said, you know, everyone's always like, what, what, do you, what do you want? What do you want to do? But when I was 16, I didn't know. I was sitting there like I was getting coffees for people. I was very good at it, but... Um, I think so. Yeah, I'll make you one after this. I'll show you. You can can tell people what, how, <laughs> how good I am. Um, but I think you know people don't really. I think the younger generation obviously always like I don't know what I want to do. It's like you don't have to know what you want to do. Just go and do something, and like just work your work your ass off basically, 24 hours a day, and eventually you'll find something you want to do. I didn't know I'd work up end up working in boxing, if you look back when I you know 12 years ago, but love it and uh, really enjoying it. Who knows what the future holds as well. Was it more so than when you were starting out, you were looking at maybe Barry Hearn more so than Eddie? I'll be completely honest with you. I was like, obviously social media wasn't around then and I didn't really watch the news. So I didn't really, I I think our age were like, because how old are you? I'm 22. Oh, you're a bit younger, but like 27. I probably just missed that thing of like reality and, you know, reality and stars and like idolising people. So I didn't really know... I met Eddie, I've said it a few times, I met Eddie, my dad threw a party and uh, he was there. My stepdad sold him his carts and I was selling raffle tickets, sold Eddie 20 quid's worth and my stepdad said, that's the geezer with the Bentley outside. So I went up to him, called him a tight bastard 
and got 50 quid out of him. But <laughs> he, um, I didn't really know, like, I didn't know of them. Yeah. And that's now, I didn't really know anyone, to be honest. I was just like, a, I was 14 when I met him. And it was just more of a thing, I think I, I, I got on with it, had a laugh, and then just thought, I'll go and, go and try and get a job there. For about six months, I think I sent him emails, continue, you know, every day, just saying, if you don't want me, I'll go somewhere else. And when he hired me, he was like, you know, we don't normally do this, you know. Because I was like, I, when I was going for interviews, I was 15. I think he was thinking, like, what is this kid doing? Should go to university or something like that. But, um, no, it's, it's, it's been interesting. But I've been lucky enough, since I've started working there, obviously understanding, you know, like, Barry's career and what he's done, he, I've been lucky enough to be involved. You know, he, he, they're a company, Eddie, Barry, who allow you to be involved in things. They don't, like, hide it away. So at an early, early age, and it gave me opportunities for, for you know, an early stage of my career to do things that at the time were quite daunting. I was looking at it thinking, I haven't got a fucking clue what I'm doing. You used to say, right, do this. I'd be like, uh, you know, 20-year-old kid thinking, don't know where to start. But um, I, think, I think, yeah, as I say, lucky, very lucky to be involved in things and given the opportunity to learn from an early age. So when you did start out and you saw Eddie, you selling him those raffle tickets, was it the initial, did you kind of, your dad maybe had his number then if you were selling him his cars so you oh. just grab his number for him and kept on harassing him I don't one of my um, one of my dad's friends as well is one of or my dad's old friend was one of his uh, best friends as well so it was kind of like I knew a few people but again I didn't really know it I just literally pestered him like, I think I got his email that night okay. and I just sent him an email every week and that's when people ask me about for a job yeah. I just say just send me an email literally every week and if I don't reply just keep sending because it may just be that there's no opportunities right now just keep sending emails and one week we might go we need someone I'll be like oh this is geezer he's emailed me 800 times this year and we'll give you know give them a chance but that that's what I did I literally pestered him day in day out I think did you ever feel like that opportunity wasn't going to come then or what was it like when they, actually Eddie eventually did get back to you I don't know do you know what the first day I went for an interview right I got to this train station and I realised I'd left my wallet at home. So I had to beg a guy at the train station to pay for my ticket. And this was before, like, Google Pay and all that. Yeah. So there was a guy... I'd love to find out who he is, this man. I went up to a random man at Chelmsford train station and didn't have any money. And I was like, I'm really sorry, but I need to get to Brentwood. Can I have, like, nine quid or something? He gave it to me. I would love to find out who it was. But, yeah, I mean, the... Uh, did I ever think I'd get... Do you know what? It wasn't... It was just a case I wanted to go and work somewhere. Yeah. I wanted to go and work somewhere that looked, like, enjoyable. So I would have just gone and... Fa- not being... Fa- I would have just gone and pestered somewhere, yeah. someone else until I got a job with him. And he used to say that. He used to be like, just leave me alone. Just go and get... You know, go to uni or something. But um, no, it, was a, it was a good day. I, I remember after about a month, it nearly all went wrong. <laughs> go on, and was that? I... We were out filming. We did. A, we used to do poker tournaments, and we were staying in a hotel away, at the film studios. And I went to bed at about two o'clock in the morning. And I'd set the alarm on the phones, but when I woke up, it felt like someone was prank calling me, and not the alarms. I was with someone else as well. But I didn't realise that the phone going off was the alarm. I thought it was someone prank calling the room. So I've unplugged all the phones and I've gone back to sleep. And I woke up at about about two hours later and I turned up at the event two hours late and I remember Eddie walking in with the letter and it was a final warning and I started crying just burst out crying and I was never late again all those years ago 
What was it like when you first started working with Eddie then? What was Eddie like back then? Uh, so I imagine when you see the growth of a company and how things have gone from all those years ago to now, there's obviously been a dramatic climb, not just for matching, but for boxing in general. And um, we all see the travelling yourself and Eddie do amongst others who work for Matchroom and other companies across the sport. So when you look back then, what was it like working with Eddie and Matchroom in particular, especially when you were starting out? Yeah, it was really enjoyable. It was a different business back then. You know, there wasn't. I mean, it was a big business, but it wasn't as pressured as it is now. You know, we did, poker was the big thing, so that was what Eddie was doing. You know, Eddie was involved in the golf at one point and then really heavily involved in the poker. And uh, so I worked a bit on the poker. That was interesting because that was just, the, you know, like the poker players, just 24 hours a day, literally. But it was great. I was getting tipped like 50 quid every couple of hours by these, you know. But, so I loved it. But um, no, it's interesting to, to be, you know, because spending time with him as it's got you know obviously over the years we've got much 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 closer and closer but he's uh he's always been the same person he is now you know, always lively always always uh a showman but that's what makes him that's what makes him so good at what he does makes him the best promoter in the world i'd say what changes have you seen in eddie over the years wait <laughs> <laughs> i'm only saying that because he'd say that about me um no like you know we obviously We've all grown up, so yeah. I think what, he must have been 28 when I first met him. Um, and we just learned as we got along because, you know, we've done things over the years. You know, you look at some of the huge shows we've done where we start at Wembley, for example, and you look around and you think, what are we doing? Like, how, how have we ended up here? We don't know what we're doing, you know, because obviously it's just a learning curve as you go through it. Or now I sort of feel like we could do anything because we've been there, you know, Saudi's a huge, huge example of that to, to go and create something from, from nothing, working with the people we're working with. It's, 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 quite, it's quite amazing. It's going to be a great experience out there. But he's, uh, yeah, he's definitely put on a bit of weight. That's, what, that's the one thing I'll tell you. Obviously, you mentioned as well when you started out, he was working more so maybe poker and uh, golf and darts, etc. When was it when that initial change came and Eddie maybe pointed out boxing's a market that we need to try and break down? Uh, I start. I mean, I think I started working on boxing just before, like helping, because I used to go on all the different events. So you know, when we were still doing stuff in leisure centres, I used to just go along and help. Then the big point was when Prize Fighter was big. Obviously, we built up Prize Fighter. Eddie had the Audley Harrison stuff, um, so all of that was going on. And you know, that's probably eight, nine years ago now. Probably nine, nine years ago, something like that. Um, and then it's just been a consistent growth since then. And I think we're at the, you know, we're at a very strong point now, not just in the UK but globally. Um, so yeah, it's it's been a it's been a great journey. We've always <laughs> clicked my fingers. Not only is he um, a magician as well. Yeah, as yeah. I'd love it. I'd love the ability to do that. Um, yeah, but we, you know, it's it's been a great journey and, and great to be involved from the start as well. Not the start of Matchroom, obviously, but the start of you know the the boom again, really. It's kind of threw me from my next question for some reason there. Rising, yeah, I have. Um, what was I going to say? Right, next question. I know it's a broad one, and whenever I've asked Eddie, whenever I've asked Barry, it's always a broad answer. There's never really a refined decision as to what it is. But in your opinion, what is the ultimate goal for Matchroom? Uh, just to keep growing and growing, to be honest. You know, we, we organise probably 350, 400 event days a year across 
uh, a number of sports, as you know, you know, from not just the boxing, darts is huge, snooker's huge. Uh, had a huge netball event at the Copper Box last week, basketball event. You know, it's endless. the list is really endless. So I think our, our position now and what we're trying to do is just grow the business globally. You know, for a long time it was predominantly UK based, um, and then over the years we built up taking events around the world. And you know, as you'll see now, constantly we've got something going on here, there, everywhere. You know, uh, Matchroom owns the PD Professional Darts Corporation, owns World Tanuka. Um, so, you know, it's a, it's, a, uh, it's a real exciting period for our business as a whole and we're always looking into new things but also got to manage what we're currently dealing with at the same time. So I think for us right now, within boxing in particular, it's just keep growing, keep building new markets, what can we do and how can we keep, you know, how can we keep developing what we've got in the UK. Have there ever been discussions in-house maybe between yourself, Frank, Barry, etc.? Because of a rise of matchroom, and especially on the back of a disowned deal, everybody's, you know, well documented, one billion dollar deal, etc. Was there ever in-house discussions the possibility of selling matchroom? That's that's above my head, mate. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, obviously, the, the great thing about matchroom is a family-owned business, you know, completely owned by the Hearns, um, and it's Barry's life. More than it, you know, Barry has built this up from day one for coming up to 40 years very soon um, so I do I don't think that matchroom will be going anywhere to be honest but uh, it's uh, it's amazing to see the growth of a business like that from you know when he when we sit down and go through the numbers and go from where it's come from the struggles it's been through over the years as well because you know it's not always easy but you know we're on it we're on a good run now um, but it's his life as I say I, I can't see Barry going anywhere I mean, just to say, you mentioned coming in on 40 years. Will I be getting an invite to that 40th year depends anniversary still, Depends if you're still around, mate. Well, if I'm still around, yeah. where do you think you I'm might, going to be? You might be in Hollywood by then. You might, have, you might not see us then. You'll be, like, waving at us, just, <laughs> you know. I'll never forget you, Frank. <laughs> but we have spoken enough about the past. Yeah. We are obviously in Manchester now. Anthony Crawler's final bout. Katie Taylor looking to become a two-right world champion. Just a word on Anthony, though. From the moment you, once again, stepped into Matchroom, you've been there through a numerous amount of his fights. What's it going to be like when you see Anthony step into that ring for the final time and step out for the final time? I th do you know what I think is great that a fighter, because not, not, fighters don't always do this, but sort of accept, like, and he's the one who said, right, one last time, this is it. I don't know if you've heard that, this is his yeah. last fight. I'm still like... <laughs> no, but it's... it's it is great because a lot of fighters take it that one step too far and don't always understand when, you know, enough is enough. And I can understand it. You know, they've been, a lot of them, it's all they've known and all they've done. Um, but, you know, for Crawler, I think he's got a huge career after the sport as well. Not just, you know, he's a, he's a great character. He looks the part, which helps. Um, so, you know, I think he's going to have a, he's going to have a busy career. I don't think he's going to he's going to stop and just go and rest on what, what he's done. I think he's got a lot going on in the background as well. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, but no, it's, uh, it's good to see. And it's good to see a fighter. You know, a lot of fighters, they'll lose a fight and be like, right, this is it. And then they'll come back. And then he, I think he had in his head, this was what his plan was. So go out there, get the big win one last time, soak up that atmosphere and, uh, you know, go and, go and have some time off with his family and then back to doing a normal job. I mean, we do see over and over again, fighters will retire, whether it be too soon or too late, etc. But they'll have that desire to want to come back, to get back in the ring, that hunger never leaves them. 
is that maybe not necessarily a concern, but maybe something that yourself, Eddie, everybody, and Anthony himself has thought about maybe within six, seven months if he was to beat Frank, I'm not going to pronounce his last name because I won't be able to, beat Frank on Saturday, he might turn around and be like, I want to give it another crack, I want to get back in there. Is that maybe something that's crossed your minds and everybody else's, isn't that true? I honestly don't think he will, personally. Because I think he's made such a, you know, everyone's made such a deal of this is the last one. But uh, you, you never know if opportunities arise. But it's only if they're comfortable and they, they're still in, some fighters are still in great shape. A retired still could come back and, you know, get back in there and, and contest at the highest level. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, there's only one person who can really tell, tell you that, and that's Anthony Crollup. But I think he knows, he knows where he's at in his career. I think he's ready now to get that hopefully one last win and then you know he's got as I say he's got a lot of other things in the pipeline and a lot of other stuff he's working on well let's just have a word on his opponent as well for Saturday night and what do you know about him I know that there's a total on the line but I previously spoken to no, Joe no, and he no, said no, yeah I was going to say it was announced that there was a total what is mistake. the confusion exactly there no it was just a mistake that uh, my Mr Buffer actually got it from Boxrec but Boxrec was wrong Okay. so there was never any title on the line for it but well, I'm um, Frank, yeah. what do you know about him? Not yourself, yeah. but I'm Frank uh, well, before. Uh, overweight. Um, <laughs> no, he's a. You know, I haven't watched too much of him, but you know, he's got that opportunity to go in there. Anthony's still got a high ranking, yeah. and he's still he's got that opportunity to go in there and get a win against Anthony Crawler, who's who's been in there with the best, and this could change Frank's career. Not my career, Frank. <laughs> Frank, Frank Frank's career. Um, if you want to, you can try and call him by his last name. No, no, no. I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> stay out of it as well. Um, but. You know, he's got a huge opportunity for him on Saturday night. And that's where, like they said yesterday, the loveliness of his last fight has got to be removed now. He's, he's going in there to have a fight. So, you know, he's uh, But let's see, it should be a great, great clash. And then obviously, well, what in fact, who is the last fight out is one thing which I want to ask who he's going to be. Anthony Groller. Okay. Yeah. So now we've cleared that up. The co-main event still? Yeah, I mean, they're both yeah. main events in terms of overall, but... Yeah, Katie Taylor looks to become two-weight world champion. Um, it's going to be a very tough test, but Katie Taylor already become an undisputed champion, now stepping up. Um, you know, I think I can't wait for this one. I saw Christina today. She looks, you know, she looks tough. She's, you know, and she's, I don't know if you've seen many clips of her. I think it's going to be a great fight for her. There's obviously still a, a lot of fans over social media kind of craving that rematch with Delphine Pursuit. Realistically, do you think it's kind of one of those fights that Katie will have to have at some point to to put it to bed effectively, if that's the right way to, to word it? Yeah, that's a possible fight. You know, Katie, I mean, but there was no need to rush back into it. Katie's got the opportunity now to become a two-weight world champion. It's what she wants to do. Um, so I'm sure that's one that could definitely happen down the line again. And then just to try and quickly work through the rest of the card, I mean, there's a few other things, yeah, Cash Cullen. Yeah, it was a bit fiery yesterday at the press conference. Yeah. Those two, I thought it would be a bit more heated today, which was, uh, um, but that, that's, a, that's a great, great fight between those two guys. And it's a big fight for those two guys stepping up as well now, you know. The great thing is now these guys want to take tests, they want to get in there and, and test themselves early on. So I think even for the loser, you know, the loser of that fight, there's still a big future for them as well. And Terry Harper versus Vivian Obernorth, defending her OBO world title. Talks about the plans with Terry and obviously Vivian previously beating Tasha Jonas. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was one of the talk again. Another talking point yesterday was her trying to remember who she beat. Um, no, no, no. Look, that's a that's a great fight, Terry Harper. She's really come out of nowhere. I think you know Steffi Ball's done a great job with her uh, and, and built her up. And I think it's a big fight Saturday night to get the win. Vivian Obanoff, as you say, been in with some tough tough fighters um, over the years, and it's not, it's not going to be an easy test there either. But down the line, there's a, there's there's some big big tests available for. Um, Terry, you know, the likes of Eva Wallstrom's an opportunity as well. So it's an exciting time in her, in her career. Martin Bacoli back out again. The man who said to him yesterday, smile, just locked he's up the room, he's always smiling. He smiled, he smiled does, but I just saw <laughs> when I was up there, it was like he's, uh, he's got a fierce side as well. That is going to be, uh, Hernandez always comes to fight as well. You know, he had the fight against Dweck on our yeah. fight in Texas. Um, and I think that, that's going to be a great fight. And fair play to Martin as well. He's been kept very active, very busy. Back out, he boxed in August, and he boxed now. Um, Newcastle show a few weeks back, and glad to get him back out again in, in, in another another test. I mean, Rodney, he said that boxing makes him happy. happy. What was your normal? Normal, that is normal. Yeah. Boxing makes him normal when he's in the ring. He loves he to feel like normal. A different person today than yeah. he did at a press conference with his glasses off. Yeah. He looked like he looked completely different, but yeah, he's a, he's an interesting character as well. It was quite an entertaining press conference yesterday. It was indeed. It was quite a relaxed, relaxed mood around the press yeah. conference. Not something that we're actually quite used to. No, 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 definitely, definitely very. But I think the uh, it, it all changes now. Wayne's done. Yeah. Game face is on for everyone. So looking forward to tomorrow night's show. See, everybody can go get some food in them, except for obviously those heavyweights. Which speaking of which, it seems to be this recurring case now. Does every card kind of need a heavyweight fight on it now? I think heavyweight fights are always entertaining. The, the crowd loves it. Doesn't necessarily need it on every every fight card, but I think it's, you know, it's the, as always wherever you take a heavyweight fight, even if the fighters aren't from that local area, people just love to see it. A big clash between, you know, two two big start two big guys. So uh, I think it's um, I think it's good good for the event overall. Good for all of the events, but very very good t exciting time in the heavyweight division. Uh, there was a few things away from yourself and away from this card, which I just wanted to touch on as well, Frank. WWE, Tyson Fury, crossover star now. What was your thoughts on his victory yesterday? I like the entrance. <laughs> I watched the entrance. Now, uh, I completely, you know what, I used to love wrestling back in the day. But yeah. now you know it's not real. Yeah. It's quite hard to watch. Effects. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. Props to him for going on. I think it's amazing for his career and everything like that. So... You know, well done to him for getting himself on there. But uh, I just, it's quite funny to watch two guys grappling. How do they do it? They rehearse. Yeah, it's all. They have their training centres, etc. So everything is rehearsed. I don't know if what what's rehearsed and what isn't, but there's, they have their training centres. Sometimes so. get hurt in WWE. I imagine that there's possibly certain ways which you could hit someone, which might bring out blood or maybe fake blood. I don't know. I'm How not. How did he win? Um, but right hand and the Strowman failed to beat the count. I don't know if. <laughs> no, it looked amazing out there. It just shows the scale of the events as well in Saudi Arabia. But yeah, fair play to Tyson Fury. I wonder if he's going to stick to WWE now. I would just like to say as well, if there are oh, anybody who will watch this interview, wrestling is real. Don't want to break any hearts there, Frank. So I don't know what you're on about. Yes, wrestling is real, apparently. <laughs> But it's an amazing business and an amazing brand, so well done to the WWE. I respect him for that. <laughs> I mean, Tyson himself as well, he has mentioned MMA, MMA now. He wants to have a crossover. He said Conor McGregor might train him. I thought he said Conor McGregor might fight. Uh, I mean, that'd be an interesting one in itself. Again, Tyson looking to possibly move into another sport. 
everybody wants to see that Walder rematch. If he was to do another crossover, do you think he kind of puts je puts a jeopardy that rematch for everybody that wants to see it? I don't think so. I mean, what, he didn't really have any risk in the WWE, did he? You know, I guess if it is truly mapped out, what's going to happen? Um, I think it's great for his brand. He's he's great for all of these sports because he's a he's an entertainer, isn't he? Yeah. As a person, so anything he goes into, he's you know people enjoy watching him. Um, I don't know whether he will actually go into MMA. Who knows? But yeah, the Wilder fight's a huge rematch. Let's see what happens. There's a lot. A lot. Who would have said he would have gone in the WWE a couple of months back? You never would have known. So, I, I bet. I think it's best not to uh, guess on Tyson Fury's career, to be honest. Well, it's, it's true. Like, no, I don't think anybody would have guessed. But if there was one fighter in boxing you said who could have done it, it's Tyson Fury because of his character. Do you um, think of somebody else? Not off the top of my head. Uh, the wrestling stuff, I mean, no, not really. But yeah, you're probably right. And moving away from Tyson, Nigel Benn, he obviously announced his comeback and then picked up a shoulder injury. I can't remember if it was earlier this week or last week. What are your yeah, thoughts, start, start this week, so what are your thoughts with regards to when the fight against Seko Bika was first announced and obviously now he can't fight because of his injury? Uh, each to their own, you know. If he wants to do it, no one can stop him from doing it, can they? Um, I don't know, how old is he now? 50, 55, I think. 55. I mean, it's quite an age to get back in there and do it, you know, but um, I think he's realised now, obviously, he probably hasn't got it in him anymore. You know, because probably when he was a fighter and had picked up an injury or before, you know, when he was previously a professional, he probably would have got on with with that. But, you know, now we, I think he, maybe the injury is, or the training camp has shown him, it's not, you know, his body hasn't got what it used to have. This coming weekend as well, Frank, Canelo Kovalev during the night. Your thoughts on that one? A lot of people kind of seem to just back Canelo, expecting Kovalev to kind of be past it. I think, you know, obviously people who saw the Kovalev yard fight, he's still got fight and hunger in him, obviously, you know, to come back from almost getting stopped from Anthony Yard in that fight. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see how Canelo deals with his size. You should look at the size difference between them. Canelo coming up two weights, obviously he's boxed at super middle before against Rocky Fielding, but coming up two weights from the from his last fight. I think it's uh, it's going to be very interesting. It's going to be very interesting. Obviously Canelo is the younger man in there. Uh, he's going to have the the stamina probably but you can't take away from Kovalev's you know Kovalev's heart and desire and you know what he's done in the sport I think it's going to be an entertaining entertaining watch and we also had some fights announced for the Anthony Joshua undercard yesterday yep. Quig Carroll Hergovic Molina and Hunter Povetkin yep. your thoughts on making all of those fights yeah I think personally I think it's a great undercard you know normally we get a lot of stick but yesterday seemed to go down quite well you know Hunter Povetkin, a huge fight for the heavyweight division. Those guys really from there stepping on an impossible world title shot after that. Um, and, you know, again, props to them for taking the big fights. Uh, Hergovic against Eric Molina, that's a real good name for Hergovic to get on to get on his record. You know, only nine fights in, I think. Um, so Molina previously fought Anthony Joshua, so got a bit of history there as well with him being on the undercard. And Quig Carroll, I think, is going to be an absolute tear-up. We saw you know, Quig, obviously... The, the, the probably the experienced man, um, you know, former world champion against John O'Carroll, who showed his heart and desire when he fought Tevin Farmer, you know, recent fought on our Mexico card as well. I think that's going to be an all-out war, and then got a couple of other bits to announce as well soon. But that's you know that's the bulk of it, and I think it's a real entertaining card. It's going to be a great night out there. How many fights can we expect to have on the card? 
I know you've got three that announced, obviously, the headline, Joshua Ruiz, so that's four. Probably two or three other. I mean, there'll be one more sort of fight for the TV section and a couple of other fights yeah. we're going to announce as well soon. And the, what is the ring walk time for? I think it's somewhere 9 Joshua. o'clock, is it, for a UK time, yeah, that is? Yeah, Joshua is around 9pm around first bell ring, uh, for the first bell, around 9pm, UK. And then, just want to touch on as well, because I know that you've been out in Saudi. How are preparations going with the stadium? Yeah, unbelievable. It's uh, you know we're putting a lot of work in out there. Got a great team of people, and you know the uh, as you saw again going back to the WWE at the week uh, just last night. Sorry, um, unbelievable setup. They seriously take it to another level. You know they want to become the leaders in sport in Saudi, and you know with their hunger and their determination to do so, and the people they have involved, they definitely can become that. Um, but yeah, the, it's. Uh, I don't know if you've seen. I've put some posts up recently with you know Matchroom have as well of the, of the build. It, every day you look at it, something new happens there. So it's going to be qu- quite quite spectacular. You're basically building an O2 arena outside in the sand in two months and then taking it back down. Just to stick with that headline for for Saudi as well. I saw a photo yesterday of Ruiz and Hunt Anthony Ruiz looking in quite tremendous shape at this moment in time what are your thoughts of guys to his preparations and a lot of people kind of I've seen a few people rather questioning whether he'd have that same desire this time around we've all saw some of the more luxurious things he's been able to enjoy his money on fair play to him obviously he has that right to do so are you kind of would you maybe question at all whether Ruiz would have that same hunger for the rematch or would you there knowing it would be just as a desirable fight for Ruiz this time around as what he was the first time? I don't think so at all. You know, I think obviously he changed his life in the first fight and he believes if he wins this one, it changes his life to another level. You know, he made a lot of money in the first fight, changes, as he quite openly said, changed his family's life. He looks at this as another opportunity. But on the other side, you've got Anthony Joshua, who will not leave a stone unturned. For this fight, you know, obviously the first one didn't go his way, no complaints from him. Um, it was a great, great fight, and I think this one will be the same. Um, but yeah, I don't believe Andy Ruiz is, you know, taking it, taking his foot off the gas, because as I say, you've got the opportunity here to retain the belts and some of the biggest, and then make some of the biggest fights in the world after that. But Anthony Joshua is the man in his way, and you know. He looks in unbelievable shape. He's, he's putting everything into his training camp and he's going to give it all out in Saudi Arabia on December 7th. I mean, if Anthony wasn't successful, where does his career go from there? Anthony Joshua is still one of the biggest stars in world boxing, I would say. You know, it's up to him what he wants to do, whether he want to take a break or anything like that. But I don't think he wouldn't even look at anything like that. He is so dedicated and fixated on this fight. This is the one thing he, he's, he's looking for now, to go out there, get the win, take his belts back and go on, for, go on to you know, unify the, the unify the division and go for those biggest fights. So, look, that's something else to look at down the road. His mind is 100% set on this fight on December 7th and I think that's what he needs. A couple more quick things just to touch on, Frank. Uh, Jarrell Miller was, is rumoured to be signing with top rank. What are your thoughts on that? You know, each their own. I don't think, uh, as we said at the start, we went so heavy. You know, obviously he was going in there to fight Anthony Joshua, who we've worked with, you know, since he turned professional. He's like a close friend to us now. And he was going to go in there after taking something, you know, getting caught out, not once, not twice, but three times. And I think, don't get me wrong, people, I'm sure, make mistakes. And I'm not one to decide 
how long people should serve a ban for whatever. But I don't feel like he's served any time. You know, you look at other fighters who serve a year, two years for what they do. And some of them say, I didn't actually take anything. And there's that, there's that element of, you know, they may have been, may have been contaminated, may, they may have been, but with Jarrell Miller, he got caught three times for doing something. And you know, I don't, as I say, I don't think we could have worked with him personally. Um, I was quite open about that when it all happened at the start. But top rank, they've got their, you know, if they've done a deal to him, fair play, leave him to it. I mean, having said that, there were some rumours Miller would possibly face Chisora when Joseph Parker pulled out. Any thoughts on that, if those talks, if there were any? I don't believe so. No. Well, Frank Smith... I appreciate your time. I want to leave a final word to yourself. Anything you'd like to say ahead of Saturday night and the rest of your time with Matchroom Boxing? I'm just going to click and these are going to come back. No, it didn't work. Unfortunately, it didn't work, Frank. But as always, thank you for your time. Thanks for speaking to myself and Boxing Social. Thank you, mate. Good to see you.